We finally have a quiet week in independent league baseball, but that doesn't mean that there isn't news to cover. So we'll cover what news there is here on episode 36 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. We're back, episode number 36 here. We were just talking about football before we got on the air, but it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous sport. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about independent league baseball. Absolutely. That includes some Atlantic League news, former Atlantic League team news, talk a little Frontier League ball, some potential expansion ball. I'll promote the hell out of my article that I wrote and put up three days late, but you know, it's still up. It's a great article. And we'll also have some updates on McCoy Stadium. Not terribly much there, but still something to cover towards the end. Shouldn't be that long of a show this week, seeing as we don't have any sort of merger news, we don't have any sort of uh, teams going away news, we don't have any sort of major news story. As terrible as it is for our ratings, that they do drop when we don't have major ground-shaking events. It is nice to finally have kind of like a quiet week, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's good to have a little bit of a slowdown. Obviously, going into the offseason, we'll have plenty to cover in terms of changes that will happen, and inevitably it'll pick back up as we get a little bit more into the offseason, but it's good to have a little bit of a respite, because we have been just crazy in the Indie Ball League uh, League world for a long time. Yeah, really, like the past two months on September. September's pretty on it, because there's a lot of Atlantic League stuff going on. There's championship fever. Yep. Then, obviously, last month, mergers, sort of things. Like that were going on, so it was a very crazy time, and now at least we're kind of settled down now, so it's good there. And then on just kind of the note of going forward, if you have any suggestions for things you'd want to see on the show, now is the time to submit them social media or using our email, so you can email us any sort of a suggestion or topic you want us to have. Be sure to do that. Really, this is the time to do it. November, December, January, February, March. These are the months where it's going to be pretty quiet. You may have three, four, five really major stories throughout all this time probably no more than really one or two a month yeah so that means we're going to have a lot of episodes where it's either going to be a lot of filler topics like we had in the beginning which frankly i'd like to avoid doing they're not that entertaining at least i don't find them that entertaining maybe you do hopefully you do i find them entertaining please i we're obviously got some other stuff in the pack we're going to try and figure out our whole problem with uh, recording phone calls and whatnot and hopefully be able to get some interviews up for you something like that Mm mm-hmm I kind of want to do a Q&A episode as well. I think that'd be really fun to do. That would be really fun, yeah, as well. And yeah, I think it would be great to get some interaction from the folks that do listen and kind of let's figure out what you all want to hear. I mean, we certainly uh, want to produce a podcast that makes everybody feel as though they're uh, as part of this indie ball community as we can. And so I think we definitely want to get input from fans and, of course, uh, players and coaches as well. What do you want to hear? What do you value uh, us to talk about on here? Exactly. This is really... This is really the only kind of podcast like this in the whole community. So we want to try and encompass as many aspects of it as possible. Be sure to send those in. Instagram, Twitter, Indie Ball Pod on Twitter, Indie Ball Report on Instagram, and just Indie Ball Report at gmail.com for the email. Any of those facets will work. We check all of them pretty regularly. So be sure to check all of that for, uh, or send anything to one of those sources. We'd like to try and get some new content going. They kind of change things up, because we definitely can improve the show. We just want to know what direction you guys want it to go in. So, That being said, let's kind of dive right into the first thing on the list. I think the schedule reveal for the Atlantic League is the perfect place to start. 
So on Monday, it was announced that the Atlantic League will play a 126-game season. Nothing too uh, room-breaking there to go back to that, as there's only going to be seven teams and a Road Warriors team, which I will dive heavily into a long love letter monologue about the Road Warriors in just a moment. I think I've made no bones about my support for the team and how I do believe they will go 126-0. and They will lose only their home games, which, you know, means they will be undefeated. They will sweep every team en route to a championship, and it will be the greatest underdog story since really ever. There is nothing that can even possibly compare to that. He will, he will tell them how he loves thee. He might even compare them to a summer's day. They are better than a summer's day. Oh, boy. It is peak perfection. <laughs> but we'll get more into them in just a moment. Opening day will be on April 30th. However, most teams do get started on May 1st, so one of those two days you are looking for that. Last day of the regular season will be September 20th, so I believe that is a Sunday, however I may be mistaking there. any case, playoff format remains the same. They will start on the 21st, jumping right into it, and I believe the latest date the playoffs can run is October 5th, as the 21st starts uh, the first round, the 28th, that week we will begin uh, the championship series round, so I believe it can go as long as a week, right. if I am correct there. So. Mm-hmm. So that's basically all we got, and an all-star game will be in Southern Maryland on the 15th of July. Look forward to that. So what do we what do we think about this uh, whole schedule arrangement? Yeah, so I think that it was a really good decision by the Atlantic League to do 126 games. I think you're going to see a lot of different teams, a lot of different players, a lot of different coaches. I think that's what's really important, is having all of those different voices and all those different coaches, being able to see them, being able to see the different players. Uh, and it'll be great for fans. It really is a good start. So it looks like a good schedule, and I'm excited for it as we kind of move into the season here. Yeah, no, definitely. The offseason is always the dullest part. I mean, you go ahead, you have all of that high from uh, Championship Week, the whole playoff rush. You go into a long valley afterwards. <laughs> so to see the season come back, obviously it's disappointing that we lose 14 games, but that's just going to be the nature of the beast at the moment when you don't have your full eight-team slate. I think it is unfortunate, however, I do think with this, with the Road Warriors, despite your absolute and apparent love for them, I think that they, uh, they make it a little bit less interesting for a lot of fans. And oh, so, I can definitely see it. Yeah, so I think it's important to not have, you know, just a ton of games with the Road Warriors in it. I think cutting the 14 games until we get, uh, Gastonia in there will definitely be a good thing. So I would say that 126 games for next season seems to be the right number to me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that decision. It makes a nice heap of team splits. I agree with the decision to do that. My affection for the Road Warriors more or less stems from the mindset of they have a very tough top, a very tough job. Oh, Being yeah. the Road Warrior team is like the least fun thing and makes it, I don't want to say makes it easy to lose passion for the game, but it certainly doesn't make it easy on you. Already you're at Independent League Baseball, which has a stigma to it, even though the play is more like an advanced double-A, triple-A in some leagues, I'd say. Yeah, yeah especially I'd say, the Atlantic League. Yeah, it's definitely more of one of those triple-A type leagues. In some years, I'd even say it's better than triple-A. However, in recent times, not as much, but... Yeah, well, maybe not, yeah. I mean, early 2000s, I would have said that when you had your Ricky Henderson, your oh, yeah. Benitez, Jose Canseco, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that. I'm big-name guys. Absolutely. I would definitely say it's, you know, at least a triple-A level. Now, you you got less major, former major league talent. You have more, right. you know, double A guys that are kind of better than these other leagues who don't need age requirements, little things like that. Right. 
you're already kind of at like that minor league level where you're not getting the top of the line equipment. You're not getting the top of the line travel. Really, the only destination where you're flying to, at least in this league, is Sugarland. Everywhere else, you're busing it. And I mean, a bus trip from Somerset, New Jersey to High Point, North Carolina for a game the following day after a one o'clock matinee that you're probably finishing at around three o'clock, four o'clock. At the latest, you're getting out of there five. So you're starting that, let's see, about seven hour bus trip probably down there. Possibly even long, probably yeah. closer to 10, I'd say, because yeah. you have to, I imagine those buses aren't great on fuel. So you got to stop every so often. Plus it's a bus. You can't go as fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you, there's a lot more to it. So figure, let's call it eight hours then just to, just to be uh, generous, I suppose. So you leave at five, eight o'clock or eight hours to get there. So now we're looking at one in the morning. You're pulling in. You get all your stuff off the bus. Everything gets figured out. You're probably looking at you're in bed probably around two o'clock, two thirty, and then you got to get up probably for to get to the ballpark. I'd say probably around ten, eleven to uh, do any sort of warm up, any sort of a meeting beforehand. If you have a seven o'clock game at the very latest, you're probably getting there's like two, three o'clock. So in the course of twenty four hours, you have a very short turnaround, and it's a lot of you know a lot to do. Already that stuff to do. If you're getting on a plane and flying there, but to be on a bus is, you know, not great. Right. I mean, yeah. sure, you can sleep on the bus, but I mean, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be the most comfortable accommodation. So already that's tough. Yeah. And then at least when you get back home from your road trip, you know, you have normally a sort of a billet family or a host family there that you at least have a place to stay or right. some sort of accommodation where you're not living at a hotel room. These guys from probably around April 1st to the end of September are living hotel to hotel. There is no real place of rest that they really have. It's tough. Right. They never have that home fan base rooting for them. They are the they are the team and take me out to the ball game or root, root, root until the home team wins. They're the guys that you're rooting against. Absolutely. And, and it wears on you after a while. And also it doesn't help that this is a team that's kind of designed to move players off the team, either to other right. better teams in the league that are, you know, actual teams, permanent teams, or into affiliated ball. So when you see your top five players every at the end of every week, you know, get signed to the team you're playing the following day, it really sucks. And then to see them get cut and come back, it wears on you as a player. So that's more or less where I get off for rooting for them. You know, I wish they didn't have to exist, but when they do, I I kind of feel bad for the guys. I mean, already it's not exactly great accommodations or great conditions you have to work on. Right, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And the other thing that I think is really interesting and important to remember about a Road Warriors team is these guys are professionals, and they're going to go in there every day and be professionals. But they're playing a kid's game. Yeah. They're playing a kid's game, and this is their job, ostensibly, but they are playing a kid's game. They are playing baseball. They're there to have fun, have a good time. And unfortunately, I think what gets overlooked in all this is, like you said, you made a good point is that it doesn't help the passion of the game. It's not going to make the game better because people aren't going to be as passionate to play after a you know seven-hour bus trip where they're staying in hotels and they're just going from hotel to hotel to hotel. And the other thing is, like you mentioned, these accommodations are not going to be the Ritz. It's not going to be a five-star hotel here. This is going to be you know a low-level yeah, low hotels, low-level motels, and these guys are going to really struggle for a good portion of the year to get through this schedule, especially if you play like Somerset, Long Island, back to back, and you've got to, you know, travel in all these, uh, play these great teams, travel on the bus, then you got to go to a high point or, or Sugar Land, forget it. I mean, it's just, it, it, it is a difficult team 
to have to put together like you're saying, and it's also really difficult for not only the players, but they don't have any fans. They don't have any support at all. So I just think that overall, it's a difficult situation to be put in, and I think you're absolutely correct that we should be rooting in some sense for these Road Warriors because they are going to be professionals. They're going to be a, a difficult adva- disadvantage throughout the year, and I think I really hope that they can kind of pull through and win some games. It would be great to see them win, you know, at least go 500 and really stick it to some of these teams because it would be awesome to see that. Exactly, that's my point. And plus, you don't even have opposing team fans to come out a lot for Road Warrior games. I mean, right. Who are you seeing? That's the thing. It's like you're not getting a lot of good players there. And like you said, there really is no support system for these guys. There's no home fans. There's not a host family there that you come home to and you kind of make as a surrogate family almost. Right. You're really, your family is the coaching staff that's just kind of quickly thrown together, which we don't even know who the coaching staff's going to be yet. Yeah, we don't know who them. the coaching staff is. Yeah. I assume that will get announced sometime in either November or December. And I, I imagine it's not going to be too inspired. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was just the New Britain staff that comes over to here. Because I don't imagine New Britain staff is staying with them to coach some collegiate. Uh, probably not. I think that's a really good bet that they will not be having that kind of a professional staff for a summer collegiate league. And we'll talk about New Britain in just a minute, but I imagine it's not going to be that much. And then when you see these guys that now are kind of your surrogate family, they're really the only support you have. Plus, they understand what the situation's like the best because they're going through it with you. So then when you see these guys that are really performing, you know, top of the line for your team, I mean, leave, yeah. Exactly. Let's say they bat 273 through May, three home runs, 10 RBIs. Gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're signed to, let's say, Southern Maryland now. You got to play against the guy that you that really only understands what you're going through here. And you constantly see these pieces get switched in and out, which, granted, it's not that much different from any other team. Right. But it takes a lot more out of you because there is no other support there. Just from a like, mental, psychological aspect, that's another aspect, again, that's really fascinating to me is how you respond to something like that. Yeah. That whole kind of element there. Because there is, sometimes I think people play down that kind of locker room chemistry, that team dynamic. No, that's extremely important. Exactly. That, like you're saying, it's a very important part of the game where you shouldn't be just putting people on the team because they're good at them. Right. But you need to have a couple guys like that on the team. No. Even if they aren't the best player in the world. I, I would argue that there's a couple of spots. There's at least one roster spot you can fill with just a glue guy. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to have at least one or two of those guys, but you can't have a whole roster. Right, right, right. You can't have a roster, but especially for this Road Warriors team, they need to find some guys who are consummate professionals who will go in there day in and day out and will probably only be on that Road Warriors team from day one to the last day, game of the season. Exactly. The kind of guy that just doesn't have much of an interest in jumping around. He just kind of... Then again, those type of guys, they want like stability in one place, and that's the, the polar opposite of, of what a road get. warrior team is. Right, but I think you can get a guy who's the consummate professional, who maybe is at the tail end of an Atlantic League career, and says, or maybe even, you know, was in the Can-Am League last year, mm-hmm. and says, you know, let's give it one more good ride, uh, and then maybe, you know, call it quits. And but to do that, I'm going to be on the Road Warriors, and this is going to be my you know pièce de résistance, and I'm going to you know work really hard to mm. to kind of hold my own here and show what kind of a professional I am, and maybe prolong my career, but maybe just show the just kind of person, last. yeah, kind of person I am, the kind of baseball player that I am. I think another aspect too is one of those guys that may just be looking to show, look at the kind of leadership I bring. Making that transition into coaching may not necessarily be. You know, something that's out of the question for them. Right. I notice a lot of guys are getting kind of jettisoned off these former Can-Am League rosters. 
guys like uh, Angela Morrow, yep. Jack Charleston, I saw got moved. The other guy, oh, uh, Blake Grant Parks, I saw got moved. So Rockland's moved some guys around, which tells me in a minute when we start talking about more than a minute after we talk about New Britain when we get to the Frontier League rules that broke in the middle of the show last week. <laughs> and we'll kind of go into more detail about them this week, but tells me those rules have some credence. So I do wonder, like you're saying, some of those guys from the Can-Am League will say, man, it's a road warrior team, it's better than nothing. I agree. I think there'll be a few guys like that that do that, and obviously, I think your point that there'll be some folks looking to get into coaching afterwards, that seems to be the only path for a lot of these folks who are going to be on the Road Warrior team, because the Road Warriors is a place where careers do not necessarily go to get rebounded, I'll put it that way. Which I do wonder if a guy like, say, I know it would be a long shot, but maybe like an Isaac Papp would be interested in being a coach on a Road Warrior team. I think that would be really interesting. And that could really help him and bolster him in interesting ways. He, when we heard him speak when he at his retirement ceremony, his number of retirement ceremony, mm-hmm. he did he did seem like he, he was very focused on, still focused on baseball and had a lot to say. And he was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I definitely think that would be something that I think if they approached him, he would have to at least consider. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he'd rule out immediately. I mean, of course, the guy, you know, he's like mid-30s, early 40s at this point. How much longer do you really want to keep, you know, doing minor league baseball That's for? How fair, much longer yeah. can you afford to do that for? <laughs> right, yeah. Especially after, you know, you have a family that's kind of hung with you for so long on this while you're playing to then go, yeah, by the way, I'm not giving it up entirely yet. Maybe that's not something that they'll be entirely interested in. But Maybe not, yeah. I think calling guys like that would be an interesting call. Right. Like a Colleen Sams, I think, is kind of towards the end of the line here. He fizzled out in uh, in High Point. Yeah. And then he fizzled out in uh, Sussex and then he kind of disappeared from there. A World Warrior team may be perfect for him, either as a player or as a coach. Or both. Uh, yep. Uh, depending on what happens with Ottawa, because they're still sticking to the guns of, look, once we have the lease done, we have leagues to play in. I call BS on that, but that's just right. me. Yeah. Again, prove me wrong. I want to be wrong. I just don't think it's going to happen. Not so much on ownership's part, but more or less on the city's part. Certainly and, not this season either. Yeah, no, not for 2020. I don't see that. No. There's a lot to do in a little bit of time, even if you got this lease done by American Thanksgiving. And there's no way that they're going to, just to kind of go off a little bit here, yeah. There's no way that they're going to be able to get into one of these leagues or that Ottawa, the city of Ottawa is going to say, yeah, go ahead, go into a summer collegiate league. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no, it would have to be summer collegiate. <laughs> and it wouldn't work. There's no way they would renew a lease for a com- summer collegiate. Not for a 10,000-seat stadium. No. So I don't really see that happening. So maybe you pull some guys from that staff, like Sebastian Boucher. Yeah. He showed to be decent enough as a manager. Mm-hmm. I know they had a disposal draft that they rolled as an expansion draft. Expansion. Yeah, it was disposal. And Philippe Amont wound up in Quebec, which is a beautiful get for Quebec. I really do believe in Amont. I is. think he's going to be awesome there. He's going to be really good there. So I'd like to see that as a possibility. I think there's some guys from that Ottawa staff that are very interesting. I agree. So for that reason, I I'm, want to watch the Road Warrior team, and that's kind of why I'm rooting for them. I think, by and large, I kind of just feel bad for the situation they're in. So already you're not in a in an easy situation. No. So it just got harder for you. So hopefully something positive comes away from that. And hopefully we see the team uh, not do as bad as they did in 2018, where, you know, 26, 26 wins is not a great record. Yeah, that was bad. Hopefully this time they manage at least 50 wins. 126 and 0. I'm open for it. I'm rooting for it. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You see me at a Somerset game or any one of these other Atlantic Lake games where they're playing the Road Warriors. I'm pulling for them. I want Road Warriors gear. That's what I want. Oh, see, 
me and a couple people on uh, Instagram there, we've been going back and forth. They said they were daring me to get a Road Warriors hat and jersey. I said, if you can find it, I will get it and I will wear it proudly. We'll get it from the, we'll, we'll reach out. Let's reach out to our contacts in the Atlantic League and let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can get it done. I will become a Road Warrior season ticket holder. <laughs> well, we can't do that. Sure we can. That means access to every game they play. Yeah, yeah. good luck. <laughs> every game's a home game. Every game's a, ho- yeah, every game's a home game. Let's, uh, yeah, but the Long Island Pass, every game's a home game. That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that, uh, absolutely, I think w- when we see the Road Warriors, we'll be, we'll be rooting for them in our hearts of hearts because we know what those guys are going to be going through. And uh, I think in all seriousness, it's something that a lot of fans should take into account. If you're not seriously a, a Somerset fan or a Long Island fan and you're going to a game, give them a little cheer if they score because that could really make the difference in kind of their psyche. Even still, I just applaud their effort. Absolutely. So, yes. It takes a lot to go through the grind as it is, but then to do it without any sort of support and going out there pretty much knowing you're going to get kicked in the teeth every game. It's it takes hard. a lot to do that yeah. over and over again. It's valiant. Yeah, it's like being a WWE wrestler in a way. You're yeah. there to get the crap kicked out of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because the moves aren't real doesn't mean the abuse on the body isn't real. That's true, yeah. Like, everyone... And you can't even fight back if you're supposed to lose. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest, they're being put in a position where they're expected to lose. Yeah. You know, every body slams on the mat still hurts the same as much as it's real or not real. So. Absolutely. So hopefully they do well. I think we kind of beat the schedule to death. Looking forward to the All-Star game, though, real quick. Yeah, the All-Star game is going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, it's a very interesting position that they put it in. I think it's a really interesting spot there. Yeah, no, I like being in Southern Maryland. I think yeah. that's a good spot to be in. It seems like a nice ballpark. Hopefully we have the time to get down there because it's not that far. It's far, but it's not that far. I think it's like five hours. Yeah, so. something like that. So maybe it works out. It's in the middle of the week, though. That makes it tough. I wish they would have put it on a weekend day. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense in terms of logistics. But, hey, you know, you got to do what they got to do in terms of scheduling. Yep. I mean, if you get price credentials, and there's no reason to not go. I mean, you know, a little shout out there. Let's move on to New Britain before it goes totally off the rails, because it's already we're starting, to, we're starting to lean a little bit. So New Britain, it was announced they're moving to a future collegiate baseball league, summer collegiate league. I think uh, this was one of the leagues when the whole Ashmore article came out, and then we lost the recording with Will, and then we did the re-recording and all that. I think I threw this league out as a possibility, because I saw there were teams in Connecticut. I was like, oh, this would make sense, rivalries and whatnot. It works there. And then I got no word back from because I asked about it. It should have been a sign. Oh, cool. They're interested in this. But didn't. So, yeah, they're going to be in that league. Bristol will be leaving the league to make way for them. New Britain will have the 2020 All-Star game as well. And the interesting thing to note is they're only obligated to spend one more year in that ballpark. That's when that lease is good. They can opt out and then fold everything if they decide to. Which, frankly, I think is the way it's trending. But I'd love to hear what you have to yeah, I want to be Mr. Optimist. I'm an optimistic person. But let me tell you, New Britain is not making it easy. First and foremost, they didn't give me the peanuts. All right. This is the root cause of all of this. The all peanuts, right? it would have would humped a lot. Beware the peanuts of March, all right? Beware the Ides of the peanuts, all right? <clears throat> so, uh, first of all, there's your problem. the peanuts. First of all, let us be a lesson to everybody else. Yeah, if I ask for peanuts, I want them. Now, ask for something on this show, get it. Otherwise, uh, we'll conjure up the spirits. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, it was just Halloween. Yeah, there you go. So, I think that, uh, in all seriousness, Britain is in this rather precarious situation. If they do not find a way to kind of escape from the cycle that they're in right now of not getting enough fans, not getting out, 
it looks very much like they'll be folding within a year. I, I don't see any reason not to. The lease is going to run out. They're in a summer collegiate league. That is not in any way, I mean, it's, it's for what it is. It's prestigious for summer collegiate. For college players, it's... We're on the East Coast, you know. We're on the East Coast. Probably second tier to... Uh, probably, like, the third best uh, right. on the East Coast. Coastal Plain League's probably second best, and best, obviously, at Cape Cod. Obviously, Cape Cod. So you've got these leagues, and, and it's it's thir- it's okay. It's a good league. Not saying anything about the league, but it is not on the same plane as something like the Atlantic League. And if you're going to go from the Atlantic League to this, you're going to see a further drop-off and decline in fans, and then you'll have serious consequences to that as we move forward. So I really do think that the only way they can kind of salvage themselves is they do one year in summer collegiate and they really are able to get some traction under them. They get, get some fan support there and they make a place like this new frontier league think, right? If this yeah. new frontier league says, well, we want to expand, you know, it's on the East coast. It might be worth a shot. Then. Okay. But if they can't get into that new frontier league, I completely agree with your analysis that they will be folding within a year because it makes too much sense. Once that lease is up, why stay open if you're not going to make any money, if you're not getting enough people to the ballpark, as we've talked about before? They're just simply not. Exactly. I mean, I kind of go into more detail about, like, expansion plans, particularly for the Frontier League in the article I wrote. I right. think it's like six locations that, that you could see uh, an indie ball team land in soon. New Britain didn't even dot on me, to be honest with you. Their attendance was low. Yep. And of course, we're not talking directly to the diehard fans. You guys make up only a small portion, unfortunately, though. You did a good job, but there's only so much you can do. Exactly. This individual effort only goes so far. There's only 2,000 people showing up on average to a game. We don't really know how much of that is factual. I mean, teams like Somerset and Long Island are pretty good at uh, reporting their attendance, you know? Right. With other teams, they're known to kind of fudge the numbers a little bit and kind of inflate numbers to make it look a lot better than it really is. And I think that may have been the case here just because your stadium really isn't up to, qual- up to par. That's part of the reason you lost the, the Rockets. Right. That's part of the reason you're losing the Bees. Also is you never really had much on-field success. This past season was like your high watermark. Even then, I'm not sure if you made 500 on the on the year. Yeah, they need a new ownership group. I think that's kind of well, they need an ownership group. Period. <laughs> well, well, you're right. You know, I take that back. They need an ownership group that is willing to come in and spend spend a lot of money, put a lot into the ballpark. You need a philanthropist. <laughs> you need a rich guy that wants to play toy. Exactly. You need a rich guy that wants to play toy. He needs to come in. And he's going to give them a lot of money, and that's the only way I can see for New Britain fans is being a happy owner. The optimistic side of me goes, you know somebody who is really interested in baseball and is very much kind of committed to the community there in New Britain, you might want to reach out because this is the only way that's going to happen in my view. Exactly. It's kind of clear to me that they're getting this all-star game because this is like top of the line for a college league because more often than not, you're not getting this kind of quality stuff. You're getting like an over-glorified high school field. Right. So that's why you're getting the All-Star game first off. Uh, more so than that, though, I think the one year left on the lease thing, this seems like such a clear-cut move to just kind of extend extend and meet the requirement of your lease. I really do think this is kind of the beginning of the end as far as uh, the bees look, which is unfortunate. Obviously, you don't want to see that happen. But it just doesn't make much sense to me to see them come back. Because 
when I when we were trying to figure out what was going to happen, you know, obviously emailing around to all the league officials, they're not going to give you a straight answer. If they do, then you know they're not doing their job. Right. But when they go out and outright say we have absolutely zero interest in New Britain, it tells me they have actually zero interest in New Britain because at least when there is a hint of truth, you get a runaround answer. I also think that that was the Can Am League. Mm. That is a very different. Well, even the Frontier League, I asked. Oh, did you ask the Frontier League too? Yeah, they weren't very interested in it. They yeah. said, we're not really looking at New Britain. Right, and, and I think that there's a chance that that could change if circumstances change for the Frontier League. Yeah. But as things stand right now, I agree, no shot. I gotta be honest. I think there's better markets. I think there is. I, I mean, there's there six marks I thought that were better listed in the article here. Clearly, I yeah. mean, if you're the Frontier League, you could go with safer bets in, like, say, Joplin, Missouri, oh, where you have a nicer stadium that's closer to everything else. Yeah. If you want to get frisky and kind of go wild in the Frontier League, you could kind of go to, like, a Whitbridge, Virginia, try and help expand south. You can also look to go to West Virginia. That could be a possible spot, however doubtful on that front. I just, I don't really see New Britain holding much like, significance, much value there. If you want to even go into New England, Old Orchard Beach, sorry, some groundwork laid there. Go there. Yeah. I mean, the ballpark's on similar footing, and it's probably going to be a lot easier to get in there. Yeah. A lot um, cheaper, too, probably. Yeah. And also, I think there's a higher boom potential. I mean, let's oh, be honest, New Britain's in the middle of Connecticut. There's mm-hmm. not going to be that much. If you're going to be in Connecticut, ideally, you're in Fairfield County, because that's where the money is. And right. that's where you have all the rich suburban families. They're not even necessarily rich, but you know, middle, middle class. class. Yeah, yeah, you have some middle class suburban families, and it just makes a lot of sense to be in Connecticut if you're gonna or in Fairfield if you're gonna be in Connecticut. I think Connecticut is also a dicey situation because you do have a lot more population than other places. You also have a lot of population that isn't necessarily all that interested as we've seen. And it's a smaller state, so you can yeah. get around easier. So you could go to Stanford and say the Connecticut Tigers, an affiliated team there. There's other places that are nearby. I mean, Connecticut's kind of a weird crossroads where it's between New York and Boston, where you could get just as easily in most parts out to Long Island and see the Ducks play as you could to, you know, go watch Cape Cod League or go into, um, go to Massachusetts and see baseball there. If you're going to put a team in New England, I think Old Orchard Beach is an interesting one, although I do question the population center. But the, the thing that it would be most important to me, the best spot, I think, could possibly be if you put it in Providence, if you go in, if you're in Rhode Island. Now we've talked about how that might be very implausible, but I think that Rhode Island is an interesting one because you can get there easily from Boston and in parts of Massachusetts. You can actually get there pretty easily from a lot of spots in New England and on the East Coast. The only issue with Providence is there's not really any space to build baseball stadium. Right. That's the major issue. And I think anything that would involve building a uh, well, competition. Not Providence, Pawtucket. Yeah, Pawtucket would have to be it. Right. Uh, although, if you wanted it in Providence, you could probably swing some sort of a deal with the college. Right, probably. I mean, use you, their facilities. If you swing it where you go, we'll give you X amount of dollars to, you know, get this thing up to code. Obviously, you'll still get priority date for, you know, the, at April and beginning of May. And then we'll take over towards the end there. You would have to work that, but that'd be tough to do. Pawtucket, again, as we'll get to McCoy in a little bit here. It's tough because of the status of McCoy and because I'm sure there's a lot of different factions that all want that particular property. Right. And you've seen dwindling attendance and the fans there, when you're not affiliated to something and you see, you know, the Rusni Castillos come through, it takes a lot away because you know there isn't as much of a shot you actually see them 
with Red Sox across their chest right. anymore. So it's a lot tougher to swing that. Although it's still, I think, worthwhile from going after. And obviously, we're still rooting for because I mean, you could definitely get two markets out of that and put them up, put them in. I, I think I think it's an interesting spot because it's a small state. And there's a lot of other states around it, so I think that the indie ball community in a lot of indie ball leagues will look at that. It might be as you're it saying, is enticing. It, it, it might be fool's gold, as you as you suggest. It might be fool's gold in a way. But I do think overall, there's a really good chance that it is at least in some way uh, has value and potential. But you know, this is all speculation and. It's hard to kind of draw off of that. Exactly. It's it's a tough situation to read there. And I think just kind of getting back to Britain, it's hard to read them now because with summer collegiate leagues, they're very dicey. And just everything that you put together, it points towards, all right, they're meeting the obligation of the contract and then calling it quits. But I don't want to just necessarily say that because it is rather gloomy. It's right. not great. It's and not really what I hear. Yeah, no, it, it's nothing set in stone here, but... You would think then you would have seen some sort of a statement issued from higher ups. You would have seen something going, "Hey, look, we're still here to stay. This is just a change. You know, we're going, we're going to adjust, we're going to adapt, we're going to, imp- we're going to survive." But who's even higher up now? I mean, do we even know who's running the whole show? I mean, there's various people, right? I mean, I don't, I do know there are people. I don't know the exact names at the, off the top of my head, right? Right. right. But there are. People running the show. I mean, I mean clearly, but you know, I, they weren't good at their. I don't want to say they weren't good at their job because it's a tough job to have. But at the same time, I mean, you could have done more to draw people to the ballpark. I mean, the ballpark's really the issue I have. With the ballpark is definitely the issue. Also, the last thing, but the ballpark is really the issue. Here. And I think that that's the problem is with the bees is that if you have a stadium that is not going in the positive direction, and then there's no money to be put into it, at some point, people are going to say, that's enough. Right. Eventually, people are going to call it quits and say, we've had enough of this BS. Might as well uh, just say not, not show up. I mean, really, when you think about it, if you're in, let's say, Ron Bridgeport, which really would be the place to get a team back into, to be honest, because they still did well, despite all the challenges of that area. Bring back the bluefish. They would, but they had to take out the costume thing. That's went for their ballpark is. Bring back the bluefish. Awesome. Bluefish were not that odd. No, they weren't. Bad option. They were even a, yeah, not even a, like on the field. They were so they're okay. They vary from year to year, right. obviously, but uh, yeah, more often not on their favor. But still, they had a decent enough thing going on with uh, attendance. Long Island, they did well playing against. They had that rivalry there. Attendance, like you're saying, was very good. Somerset even. Somerset definitely was a positive for them. So, I mean, it could work. But with New Britain, if I'm in, like I'm saying, if I'm in Bridgeport, I'm in Fairfield County, I just as soon say, oh, why don't we just make a day out of it and go to Long Island for the day and then we'll see a baseball game to wrap it up and then if you gotta leave and say the, the seventh inning to get the ferry back across, you know, it's not as much. I mean, it's, you're only going across the south. Right. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. So, yeah, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. So, we're going to wait. We're going to watch it out. Obviously, they're going to play this year. They have an all-star game, so that's some consolation prize to you. It is, you know, and um, like I would say to a lot of fans and in, in teams that are struggling, enjoy it while you can. Exactly. Uh, the future is uncertain at the very least, so go to these games, support, and you know what? Sometimes popular support, sometimes fan support, is more important than any other decision, and if they they do see a lot of support, that could change the trajectory. Yep, even if you lose the bees, if there's a lot of support there, it gives hope for someone else coming into that market. Okay, 
well, this didn't work. Let's look at all the reasons it didn't work. And there's a lot of reasons why it wouldn't have. You know, no local ownership group, no one with a stake in the team to right. put the money in there. Mm-hmm. Ballpark wasn't just enough. So you get a different ownership group that says, okay, well, if we put, say, 2.5 into the stadium, that'll upgrade it. It'll make it look nicer. We could get some better players in there, get some more consistent talent in here, like a consistent manager type, because that's really the only consistency you can keep. We could field a decent enough team. We could probably draw it back. There's enough fans here. So it's important to still go out and support the team. But, you know, it's it will be what it will be. Sarah, Sarah. I think with that, we'll go out to... Uh, uh, we'll go to the Frontier League. Let's get, let's get to the Frontier League before we start uh, going off the, the rails here. Again. So this is what happens when there's no large story. We try to do more. We lose focus. What can okay. I say? It's hard to keep focus, especially when you don't have peanuts to be eaten. I mean, you know, Britain, the biggest problem is that you didn't give me the peanuts, so now I'm going to have to find another team to pick on to get me the peanuts, and it's just, it's a mess. What can I say? I can't wait till what next year's thing's going to be, because some team's going to do some promotion that seems pretty lighthearted, that we're going to mock, and then we're only going to mock because we actually like it, and then we're going to come around to it. And I can't I'm wait. Come around to it. I can't wait to find what it's gonna be. And I'm gonna do the same thing. Unless and the Road Warriors are gonna be it. The Road Warriors. I, w- I just want a hat and a jersey. This is all I'm asking you. Now. It's just an we R and a W with some road. It's we, pretty cool. We need it too. We need two of them. All right, and we just need two of them. That's all we're asking. Hell, you could sell them in the damn gift shops with these teams. We'll sell them at the All Star Game. We'll buy them. We will. We will purchase them. When you have them, we will purchase. Frontier rules. Uh, so last week, we were talking about what the website said, and I was pretty confident in saying, I'm confident I can report this now, because it's on the website. So it's on the website, got to be official. Mm. And of course, the Frontier League doesn't do that, they need communications director. Hi. What we know of the rules here, which were reported by ALPB News, and then I checked with our source, that said, yeah, no, that's pretty spot on. I said, well, is the age only going to be 28 or 27? He's like, well, last I checked, it was 27, but I'll check again. He's like, "Ah, it's saying 28, but I don't know for certain on that one. That's been flipping back and forth. Somewhere in that range. So what we know here, as much of a lock as I can say it right now, which, of course, is not great. Age limit's going to be 27 or 28 years old. There's going to be four roster exemptions, no age requirement there. So it can be any guy of any age for those four spots, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. Minimum of 10 rookie status down from 12. So that is a positive there. So that keeps at least two more spots open. Now, if you're wondering what counts as a rookie, because this was something we didn't know, but I looked up. If you're a position player and you have less than 75 at-bats, you are a rookie. Which really could work if you're a late-in-game defensive replacement. But I don't really think that's that popular, because small rosters and all. Right. But 75 bats are fewer, so that'll help some people out. That'll help some folks, yeah. If you're a pitcher, I believe the number is 35. Uh, I couldn't quite tell if it was 30 or 35, so I went 35 on it, because I'm pretty confident in that one. So 35 innings pitched or less, so for relievers, that's going to help you out a lot. For starters, no, not as much. You're probably limited to about five starts. So if you made less than five starts and didn't do any work out of the bullpen, you're probably still good. If you're a reliever and you're doing your one inning a game, you probably had about uh, 30 or so appearances before you really ran into trouble. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys who will probably still be rookies who necessarily aren't, you know, rookies in terms of they played before. Exactly. So it's a, it's a generous definition of the word rookie in the sense that, you know, you could have played probably a good month of the year and still been good. Yeah. Probably even two months in some cases. Yeah. But I do... 
again, I still don't like having age limits on a roster. I, I don't either. I don't like having certain requirements. I'm always a fan of the best should be playing. I understand why they're in there, though. Partially for a cost thing, partially because you want to keep getting, you know, younger talent in there. The guy's right out of college, you want to get on the roster. I understand that. Same time, though, I would like to see no age limit. You could have restricted the number of veterans just in total, say, six. That's just a number I'm pulling. Right. And I think it would have helped out a lot more. Again, like rookies, I would have said only require five, personally, and then let a large in-between here of just whatever. I think it's a lot better than what it was originally, it could have been, what was originally said when there were no exemptions at all, which would be totally unfair. Yeah. This is only kind of unfair. I'm, I think it's a lot better, like you're saying, and I also think it is, in many ways, problematic still to have those age limits there at all. I think, like you're saying, it will reduce the competition we see. It will reduce the value and quality of play on the field. But it does give more guys an opportunity. Right, I think it's going to end careers, and I think that once you get people who are 35, you know, you had Luke Ford and really older guys who are still playing at a high level. So I think it's unfortunate that this is happening, but I think we really do have a chance to see some younger talent come in. So it's unfair in many aspects, but this rule is what it is. This is what the Frontier League does, and the Can-Am League had to join with the Frontier League, so they have to live with those rules. Exactly. That's basically my feelings on it is this is how they do business. You didn't really have a choice, so... You know, you gotta play by their rules. I just, what well, my main problem is, I think it's just such a waste of potential. I agree. Like, the Atlantic League is gonna be the most vulnerable it's going to be right now. Let's make no, no bones about that. Oh, yeah. That, that's where it is. You can take players from them right now. You right just now. have to get yeah. rid of this, this stupid requirement. And, and it is a stupid requirement. <laughs> yep. And they make the decision not to. For whatever reason, they made the decision, uh, now we're good. We're fine. It doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. It's really disappointing to see that. And hopefully, I want there to be some sort of moment of epiphany where it says, let's get rid of this rule thing. Let's see how that goes for a year. And if it doesn't go good, we'll go back to it. But I don't see that happening. No. And it's just disappointing to me that they're going to squander such a wonderful opportunity. And frankly, now the ball goes into the uh, American Association's court. Agree. You have such a great opportunity now. The Frontier League passed on it. The Atlantic League's kind of shaky a bit. You could definitely do some damage here. This is where the Atlantic League will be at its weakest because it's got these rule changes. You've got this Road Warriors team. Gastonia isn't in yet. You know, you've got a shot. But it's time to, you know, you know, kind of put your money where your mouth is if you're the Frontier League and they just whip. So you're right, the American Association has a chance to leap itself into the best, although I think the problem with the American Association is they don't have any teams in the East, and because of that, mm -hmm. they will not draw the same amount of attention from these higher population areas. That, so, or go to the West Coast. Like they could go be, to the West, yeah. They could take the West, you need a coast. You need a coast. You to be a big time, you need a coast, and you need a Chicago. You can't go in the middle, you need a coast. I mean, there are some places you could go in the middle, but not... Not a lot that are going to be... I mean, St. Paul, Minnesota is only so big population-wise. Exactly. And I think with that, we set our piece on the rules here. We've kind of beaten that drum for a while. Yep. Just wanted to bring that back up. And it's funny enough that you mentioned St. Paul because they may be getting a new arrival here. And the Metro Millers. Now, the Millers are a historical team. They've been around or were around for a while in the early onset 
of the 1900s, and they stuck around for a while. They saw a lot of uh, interesting players come through there. I believe they, I can't recall, because I did all this for the article. That is on the website. You can check it out, all the expansion sites. And this was one of the teams that I listed on there, them and Joplin. Mm-hmm. And one of those two markets saw some really talented guys come through, and I believe it was this particular market that saw guys like Ted Williams, Carl Yastrzemski, Willie Mays, big-name guys come through there. They may be getting their team back. In Shakopee, Minnesota, a small suburb of Minneapolis, so not terribly far from St. Paul, right? they are planning to build an 8,000-seat stadium. That's a big boy. This is 100% private money, Ooh. which is, like, so wonderful. That's that the only way these things get done smoothly, anyway. This is the best way to keep everything well and good. Yeah. No taxpayer money. It's all investor money. All they need is approval to build the thing. You go through, you know, your usual paces. Right. Need, usual channels. Yep. You need your EPA approval. You need your, obviously, city approval to build it. You just need to work out that kind of a thing. They will be a multi-use facility. Concerts, lacrosse, soccer, BMX, obviously baseball. Yeah, and everything goes according to plan or according to their plan. And they get the approvals they need in the timely order that they need it. They'd be on pace for a first pitch in 2021. So, a year, two years away, yep. That's not bad. I mean, I think this would be really good. I think, like you're saying, anywhere there's historical precedent, there'll always be interest, right? Anytime you can build off of a foundation, there'll always be more interest than if it's new. You know, then you gotta create interest. But there's already interest there, uh, presumably, because if you can really dig out some of those historical things, you can make it a very interesting marketing pitch. But the other thing is, I just think overall... I do question whether the area can support it, but like you're saying, it is Minneapolis. So we're talking about Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're talking about a really big population center, particularly for Minnesota. So I think that's a really good thing in terms of getting people to the ballpark. So a lot of the questions I have have been answered by state-of-the-art facility and really good population right there in in the city. Exactly. Well, you're going to have a natural rival right away with St. Paul. Absolutely. Association, uh, you would have to presume that. Yeah, I really, them or Frontier League are the really only two options. And Frontier, let's be honest, it's not going to be getting that facility. You're going to need, need to pitch a private investor, and the private investor is going to say, uh, we don't really think, uh, we think a bit higher of ourselves. I mean, not unfoundedly, but, you know. I mean, maybe unfoundedly, but a little bit. But I mean, it's an 8,000 seat stand that's brand new, and they're going to want, you know, the top of the line talent, the former major league guys, and that's that's just something you're not going to get in the Frontier League. That, that's very true. Sometimes you get formulated, but you're right. Overall, as a general point, you make a really good point. Uh, but I do think that this team, this league, uh, the Frontier League, might grab this area if they're willing to expand more more toward that Midwest area, but I don't think they are. I think because they've just mm-hmm. merged, they're looking more east. They're looking east and south, in my mind. That's where I think they have to be thinking. I think that's what they should be thinking. I think the only place in the Midwest they're really going to be interested in going to is Joplin. Absolutely. And I think that's just because Joplin fits their mold. Yep. 4.2 thousand seats. That's a pretty good number. Stadium recently redone. 2014, I believe, they got redone there. There was a team of the American Association there in 2016. The Blasters, they did not do well at all. So I can see the Frontier League rolling the dice on that. I can see Joplin saying, sure, go in there. Of course, our friend Mark Schuster, he's supposedly spending a team there, but we know that league's not doing anything at the moment, nor do I plan on expecting anything from it. Nope. But, you know, good for Mark. Hopefully he can get that going. 
But long and short of it is, American Association's got to be the way for the Millers. It just makes so much sense to put them there. It's too easy. Exactly. It works so well. Uh, the whole Kansas City debacle, in, the, in my mind, the American Association came out looking pretty good on it. Because they backed up their club, they helped keep them there, they had the deal flow through them, they uh, they got the deal done, Yeah. they got everything good, they talked with the unified government, smoothed it over, everything seems good. Josh Schwab has done a great job in his first year as commissioner there. I expect to see more of that, and I gotta imagine, if this thing gets built, he's gonna be making a couple phone calls to those investors saying, what are the odds we can get in there? It would be great for you, be great for us, but let's make a deal. Especially because he's the commissioner of other things, I think indoor soccer as well, big league for them, at least in North America, so I mean, I imagine he's got other connections and whatnot. He's a lawyer in Minneapolis, I believe, as well. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that the American Association goes there. I agree. I think the American Association would fit in there. I think it would be really good for them, really good for the area to have that kind of team and that rivalry with St. Paul. So I think it would be a really good overall situation. Yep, I think that's a pretty good place to leave that off at. Kind of shift McCoy right now real quick to give the update there. Six proposals are still on the table. Uh, The two for the soccer, one affiliated pro soccer, one unaffiliated pro soccer, which... You know, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Affiliated ball, Atlantic League ball, a redevelopment of the area, and a concert venue. Those are the six proposals on the table. They're all still there. There is the expectation that a decision will be coming in the next few weeks. However, there still is no decision. And it's the same talking points of they all have their benefits, they all have their drawbacks, and you need to figure out which is going to be the best. There is going to be taxpayer money used in any of these. I mean, that's not really a factor as much, so... The biggest benefit would be, in my opinion, would probably be the affiliated ball, followed by the affiliated soccer. The affiliated yeah. baseball and the affiliated soccer. And that's why it's particularly difficult for an Atlantic League team to get in there, because those two are obviously the more elaborate yeah. and will be able to draw more of a crowd. However, I do think that the Atlantic League, with this new MLB partnership, will at least be thought of. In a higher regard in these situations. Oh, yeah, no, that was definitely a selling point for Gastona. Yeah. Uh, they beat the hell out of that drum. But I, I like you saying there, I think the concert venue ranks a little bit higher than the soccer just because. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Actually. You could definitely see if you have a, a tour going through Boston, then Providence, you could throw a date in there, or you could get some smaller ones in there. I agree. I mean, that. you could turn it into almost like, uh, kind of like the PNC is in Homedale. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Like that kind of a thing. Or even even on a lower scale than that, just like a pack center. Yeah, I, I could see I could see like a I mean I think you're you're right that PNC is a little bit bigger. I think uh, the PNC Art Center in New Jersey yep. we're referring to. Yep. Plus it has a lot more of a it has a fairly decent clout in the in the general New Jersey area. Right. You will get state, right. yeah you'll get name you won't get your Chesneys coming through there, but you'll get guys like a Brad Paisley through there. You'll get Journey coming through there. Right. You'll get uh, Jimmy Buffett coming through there. Yeah. You'll get a lot of, I don't want to say older big names, but they're not really recent. I mean, if you think about Journey, Alabama, they're not recent uh, bands no, by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I, but I think you're right that there you you would get big names, and I think you would get big names in Pawtucket similarly. Yeah. Uh, because, like like we've said, the reason that it's good for baseball is the same reason it'd be good for concerts. It's easy to get to. Exactly. <laughs> like, we've been to Pawtucket, and it's an easy place to drive around in and get get around it. Providence? Not Different so story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <What> Providence, <laughs> Providence's problem is none of their streets make sense, and they don't believe 
lanes that you can go straight or turn in. They only believe in dedicated lanes, yes. which become a problem. Yeah, especially when your friend tells you a little bit late on to, you know, make the left. But anyway, moving on from the said things that, that I, I think it would be very difficult for the Atlanta League to get in there. But I think, think if they do, I think if they can really, you know, manipulate it in a way they can get in there, it'll really help. You know, I agree with that. I think that if I had to rank it, I think affiliated ball still is number one. I think they still have this dream. Even if the play level is lower, they still have the dream of stealing, like, Lowell's team or something for a New York Penn League. I think that dream is still alive in their mind, even if it shouldn't necessarily be the case. I think after that is concert venue. I think concert venue makes a lot of sense for that. Uh, you see a lot of times that's what happens. Uh, even with the T-Bones, if someone didn't come in there, the rumor was concert venue, Bridgeport, concert venue. Basically, any stadium that's not being Camden. Camden, yeah. Menu. Well, no, Camden's now an office park. Oh, is that what it is? Office yeah, park, yeah, office park. Those are normally the two big things. It's not a concert venue, it's an office park. Camden yeah. North proving those points. Right. By and large, that's normally what happens. It's one of those two, because as a concert venue, it's already kind of got the setup there. You need to do some work, rip out the actual field part of it, and raise some parts of it. But generally speaking, the shape of the stadium, the expensive part, is already done. Yeah. Because you could just extend floor seating out and then have a pit area. You know, it, it works by and large. It does. <laughs> and I think it would be interesting to see what they do there. I hope that it's still baseball, but there's a good chance that, like you said, if it's not an affiliated team, it's not. I feel like Atlantic likes three or four on that list. I think they're fighting with the soccer for three. Third on that list would yeah. be the, the soccer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think the independent soccer has a prayer. No, that's stupid. Nobody no. wants that. Right, but but affiliated, unaffiliated baseball, especially Atlantic League unaffiliated baseball, is one of the pre, premier uh, entertainment on the East Coast. Yeah, if we're talking about unaffiliated things, so yeah. uh, unaffiliated league. So I think that overall, they're three or four on that list. If Frank Bolton turns on the charm, they've got a shot. But it's only a puncher's shot. Exactly. I think all they're asking for is a fighter's shot. Yeah. So. That's about that. Uh, just quickly, I wanted to plug the article. That's up on the website, IndieBartWork.com. Go to the Articles tab. It will be there. It's six uh, six possible locations you could see on Atlantic Lake team. Just a teaser, there is a place in New Jersey, Virginia. I believe there is one in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, Missouri. Where are the other two? I forget. But we'll make you look. We'll make you look it up Good to find teaser. them. You can find that on the website, IndieBallReport.com. You can find all our episodes, show notes, and everything there as well. Uh, in the show notes, we'll actually just link the article so you can go there and find it. And, uh, yeah, so there'll be that. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, IndieBallReport, Twitter, at IndieBallPod. Check us out all there. And like we said, if you have any suggestions for episodes coming up, this is really going to be into our anthology portion of the show, where we want them to kind of stay good for a longer period of time, where, you know, it's the middle of May, your league may not be starting yet, or may just be getting off the ground, nothing too interesting, you can go back and listen to these episodes. So, we have a couple of ideas, a couple of concept ideas that we're trying to get worked out, but we'd like to hear your input, see what you want, and then try to implement that in some fashion. So, definitely be sure to do that. Like everything, uh, like review, subscribe, all that kind of jazz and all the podcatchers. Anything else up the app? I just, you know, make sure you listen to all the Indie Ball Report stuff. we got some great content up. The article's fantastic, so make sure you get all your Indie Ball content while you got it. Yeah, and okay, with that being said, we'll end this show like we end every show. Go World Warriors, and don't forget to play ball. Oh.